Hello, everybody. My name is Rob. And my name is JT. And together we are Trap Therapy. Trap Therapist. Hey, <laughs> this is our first episode. I don't know who the fuck is going to listen to this. Yes, we curse on here, but. Frequently. Frequently. If you're here, enjoy the ride of what we are doing. Rod, do you want to explain to them like a little bit of why we want to do trap therapy? So basically, um, we think that there is like this disconnect where you have to be this super professional therapist and you just, you're nobody outside of that. You're just this boring, bland very unseasoned vanilla person after hours. Right. That's not necessarily the case. So we came together and decided, you know, a lot of therapists have podcasts. Shout out to all the other therapists. Shout out to y'all doing the damn thing. Um, But we wanted to know, we wanted to see like, what can we do that's a little different? And we pretty much have pretty trap personalities, I would say. We love trap music, trap things, trap events. And we wanted to do like a more laid back giving you guys some some tips and some skills um, as therapists, but from a more conversational standpoint, from a more laid back, cool, relaxed vibe was kind of the uh, idea behind trap therapy. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I met this nigga at a day party, okay? So that tells you everything you need to know. I was by myself, probably drinking a tequila sunrise, in the epicenter and I yeah. saw this big booty man <laughs> <laughs> dancing by himself and I was yes. like he looks like a good time and it has been a trap event with us ever since it has and I remember seeing this long braided ponytail <laughs> and this jean dress skirt situation dress, combo, combo pack and she swung that ponytail around with (laughs) reckless abandon and I said damn it that is the type of person that I need in my life and it was it's been it's been a wild fun ride ever since then it's been a wild ride um so listen I mean how did you really become a therapist like how well how did you get here so it's very (laughs) interesting it's very interesting I have actually always wanted to be a therapist from watching people lay on couches on TV and I, when I was little I used to always say that looks like fun you just sit on the couch and people just lay on your couch so I literally I remember when I was in middle school I actually had a lounge chair that looked like what I saw on TV and I had always wanted to be a therapist um, really? but it wasn't until, yes it wasn't until I went to undergrad and grad school but that I kept saying I'm going to be a therapist I'm going to be a therapist but I actually started doing it um and I actually enjoyed it so it's very interesting because I feel like a lot of people you know kind of search around and not sure what they want to do I was like oh I've always wanted to be yeah that's me I was was that nigga that was your that was your journey like you wasn't you weren't always like helping on being a therapist I wasn't baby I went to school I was like I'm gonna be a pediatrician girl please I (laughs) failed biology um my first semester Uh, freshman year I don't know what possessed me to sign up for an 8 a.m. class that shit was so hard and I was like oh my god like this is not for me and my advisor was like "Mm, well it seems that you like science which I did and she was Mm -hmm. like well let's put you in a social science you know have you ever tried psychology I'm like you know 
Mm. I did psychology in like high school. I took the class, but I took it with a high school um, coach. So, you know, that nigga was not teaching anything in class. But the little bit of material that I read, I was like, "Mm, interesting. And I felt like I've always been the type of person that people come to because I'm just like, I have a very much non-judgmental attitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like what you do is what you do. I don't really like... It ain't shit to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Absolutely. So I was just like, hmm, let me try it. And I, I tried it and I loved it. And it just stuck ever since. And here we are. And I just love that your advisor just looked at you and said, Jeff, <laughs> this is not your ministry. Okay. This and is then, not your ministry, <laughs> girl. Not your ministry. Because you are going to be out of here next year with yeah. these grades if you keep keep it up like that. Yeah, and it's and so as as I went on and I've done a lot of, you know, just some background I've done after I graduated. Um, well, some of my early internships were with both kids and adults. So mm-hmm. I've done mobile crisis was my very first internship um, and then outpatient and intensive in home. So I've done various types of therapies. I'm actually very familiar with crises. That was mm-hmm. like my early experiences was dealing with high tense situations. And so I just got, got a, I got a rush off of it. It was like a junkie, but it, mm-hmm. it really taught me how to be very involved and, 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 you know, be able to, you know, kind of compartmentalized. We'll get into some of that more later. But yeah, so as, as time went on, I've done various different types of therapies. Um, I'm wanting to learn, learn and research other types. And yeah, it's like being a therapist has been just something I always thought like I would like. And thank, thank goodness it worked out for me. Because, it worked out for you. Yes, it did. Bomb. I started out as a substance abuse counselor. So once I graduated, I started out as substance abuse and I was doing, you know, like outpatient, and then I went in intensive in home too, baby. Mm-hmm. When they say intensive, they very are not lying. Intense, intense is. It's okay. doing very all much the intensive. syllables are all in, in, of intensive. The things. Okay. Yes, right. So I've done adolescence. I've done family. I've done individual. I've done group. And now here I am. I'm I'm a school counselor now, but it's like I get the best of both worlds, honestly, because I don't have to do all that clinical paperwork that y'all gotta do. But that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, talking about jobs, today we're going to have two topics that we're going to hit on. I think we're just going to usually hit on two topics per episode, Um, you know, and here at Chat Therapy, we just give like life get I mean life tips and like guys are like very conventional things we're not going to go very deep as like oh we're not going to talk about like schizophrenia and bipolar no. disorder and stuff yeah, like not, that nothing too severe no 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 so speaking of jobs we're going to talk about um managing work stress today has a job ever stressed you the fuck out who <laughs> the job listen has a what the better question would be has a job never actually stressed you the fuck out would be Hello? a better thing oh. for me to say. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All right, so when we talk about like work-related stress, so just to break it down, work-related stress is like when the work demands and the combinations of tasks at work like exceed your capacity and capability to actually cope with what is going on in your life. Right. And sometimes like what one person may perceive as stressful, another person may not. So like for Ra, like getting up early at like five o'clock in the morning to him might be like a breeze. But for me, that is like it's too much. Very ghetto. (laughs) Would not recommend. Would not recommend. Right. So it's like work 
stress really depends on the job that you have and like your own psychological makeup also along with like other factors such as like your personal life and your general health stuff like that so like the symptoms of work-related stress I don't know I felt this before because one time I had a job that when I say I woke up and like cried because I had to go to work I knew I was like this is not for me a girl's got to get out of here but the, so the symptoms that you can have, they can be physical, they can be psychological, and they mm-hmm. can also be behavioral, right? So no, of course, we know like physical symptoms of stress is always like you can be super fatigued, you have muscle tension, headaches, you might even have like gastro problems such as like diarrhea, constipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, yeah, and then like sleeping difficulties, right? So like that's, that's 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 the like, one that that for me. <laughs> Sleeping and sleeping. eating are like my two things that I, it, I have to recognize. I'm like, dang, your sleep has been terrible recently. And I never realized it in the moment. Mm-hmm. I always realized it. I'm like, my sleep has sucked for the last how many, however long. And I'm like, I haven't went grocery shopping and I've been door dashing like every day. That right. That's when it always, it clicks. those are like the warning signs that I recognize for myself. It clicks. Or even like for me, I was just like, I don't think it really hits like my sleeping problems are bad but it's like oh my god I am always tired like I am just like always tired even if right. I do get like eight hours of sleep it's like baby that ain't I'm, enough I'm, eight hours ain't it's like them eight hours ain't put a dent in trying to make up what you missed out on right it's not enough right so those are like physical psychological you can be depressed anxiety um pessimistic about like where your life is going um feeling overwhelmed um a lot of times and then like something simple is like you just like discouragement like you just feel discouraged all the time Mm -hmm. you don't feel like "Mm -hmm." and i was gonna say i think another one that people irritability yes irritability is Mm -hmm. one a lot of people don't realize that if you're stressed at work but you're kind of putting on this i can't act a fool here i have to put on this facade when you come home all that stress that you build up it affects your dynamics with everybody. Everybody. You are a nasty mother ever. Okay. Just a nasty, <laughs> yeah, a nasty low down dirty <laughs> monkey with a wig on. Nasty to people. Just just got a nasty attitude mm-hmm. for no reason. Then you just start projecting that attitude. Girl, you're not fun to be around. Like, exactly. Don't nobody want to go with you with this attitude. Don't nobody want to be around you. And it's all because you're stressed because of your work and like you bring, and a lot of times you bring that energy with you like mm-hmm. if, if you're it's because some people if some people can't leave it so you carry it around and then other people be like don't even tell what's the name about the barbecue because she gonna be on that shit she, she was on last right Tuesday, and i don't got time for it she gonna have are, a badass cause that, because the people at the place don't piss her off and i don't want to hear that <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so then you have like behavioral symptoms. So we talked about um, physical, we talked about psychological. So behavioral is like, um, you might have an increase of sick days at work where you yeah. just keep on calling in sick. You might just be super aggressive. You might have a drop in your work performance. You might just have a disinterest in general mood yeah. swings and the irrit- irritability like we just talked about. And then like low tolerance or just like no pay. You're impatient. Very impatient. Very impatient. It's giving very much not patient at all. And just looking at you, you're just very tired looking. Very. Very tired tired looking. 
very tired looking. Uh, just Ooh. no, uh, just very, uh, just. Well, you have you, you know, you down bad when somebody just comes up to you and you've had 12 hours of sleep, and it's like they say, You look tired, and it's like, Girl, <laughs> that's that's almost a that make you want to turn this place out saying that to me when I'm already already <laughs> overtired and you go you can pull out this mess on me I'll knock out I'll knock over everything in this bed I Absolutely. swear to god swear to god so the causes of some of the stress that can you know carry over at work you might work long hours you might be on a tight deadline um, it might be you just had like change of duties. You might have a manager who sucks as in like they either micromanage everything or mm-hmm. like they're not around at all. Like an absentee father, you know, it might be discrimination. It might be harassment. It might just like be poor relationships. And I think a lot of things that sometimes we don't talk about um, is like crisis incidents. Like, right. what if there was like a death at the workplace where somebody close you work to just passed mm-hmm. away? Absolutely. Or it might be a freak accident where somebody came into the bank and held y'all up at gunpoint and yeah. they expect you to come back to work yeah. tomorrow. Like, what? And you know, I, one thing that I also think happens, um, especially with just what I've even done in my own self-discovery, Sometimes you're just not satisfied. For, you're, you don't. You don't. You're not fulfilled by your job. Yes, I was and I think. Say, yeah, and I think a lot of times it's a lot hard. People, when you start to try to take the job and make it something that it's not mm-hmm. to suit your needs, instead of taking a step back and saying, maybe this job isn't fulfilling me anymore. At cert, at any point, a job is gonna be the job. It's only Correct. gonna change right. so much. But if it doesn't, you know, if it's not fulfilling you anymore, then sometimes you have to take a step back and say. Is this the place for me anymore? Have I outgrown this place? Right. So, like, boring work. Like, if you go to work every day and it's like, it seems mundane. And it's like, I've done this 20,000 times. For me, I know I'm the type of person, like, I hate mundane work. Like, I cannot do the same thing every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like so, like, work, like just... I need busy work. I need something new to happen. Like, it sounds horrible, but, like, I do... Like when students randomly come into my office and it's like, I've never seen you before. Like, what is going on? You know, it's like mm-hmm. fresh. It gives me something new to actually do. It's like a whole right. new thing. Like, I'm just not, I, I can't do mundane work. So, yeah. And also like lack of proper resources. So if you have a job that's like, it doesn't really have anything to give you. And it's like, maybe you're missing some things at your job that you really should have and like that can be a work-related stress factor too no you're absolutely right and i think that it it just you know i feel like the work becomes an environment and you have to you have to look at the culture of your job to say well what what are some things that i can change about how i'm addressing work what are some things that maybe the job can change what are some things that maybe i need to accept about this job Mm -hmm. in particular or this role in particular maybe not you don't always have to outgrow the job, but maybe the position you've outgrown, the responsibility you've exactly. outgrown. Exactly. Because um, just I've been in positions where after doing intensive in home for a long time, I was like, this level of treatment was was too much for me, and I did not want to be a therapist, but it wasn't my role. So I actually transitioned into more of a supervisory role, and that was not necessarily um, what I wanted to do forever, but it was a nice breakup, and I was like, well, I had felt like as an intensive at home lead i was like oh i've I've all mastered this to the point that it's like too easy for me and now it's just boring and i don't want to do it and i needed to challenge myself and do something different and i think a lot of times people get comfortable and complacent and you don't always grow the most and Mm -hmm. most people don't grow at all let's just say it for what it is out of complacency 
Not exactly. Gonna work. Not, you're not going to grow anywhere out of this place. It, right. So, like, some of the things that could be done with with work related stress, which is like what we just talked, what you just talked about, is like sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. Sometimes, like the stress factors that are happening at your job, like it's it could be easy for you to manage as long as you like open up your mouth and you actually communicate with the person right. who is over you, whether it be a supervisor or whoever it may be. And actually, like, tell them what exactly you're feeling. And I think a lot of times we just feel like we can't open up to our supervisor or we can't communicate with our supervisor about our needs because sometimes we feel like we're just going to be shut down. But the great thing about talking is, like, even if you are shut down, like, therapeutically, you communicating with that does a whole lot more for you than you just bottling inside, you know? Walking around miserable. Exactly. It's kind of like, ooh, well, at least I I told them, even if it does get shut down, like, I actually feel better that I was able to tell you I'm miserable doing what I'm doing at the job. And then I'm not, and then you're not carrying it around with you everywhere. Exactly. Some of that burden onto other things. So, I want to, I'm the official timekeeper, so I'm going to you got to wrap it up, Miss Jess. You are All right. your last minute, man. Last so minute. Your last okay. Minute. So the next couple of things that you can do, we're going to go through this very, very quick. You can, like, even if it's something small task, like, make sure you're super, you're, um, super organized, right, where you're at work. So you do all the small tasks first, and then, like, the bigger things that you have, you kind of put, it sounds horrible, put off to the end, because, you know, the small tasks that you can do, you can do it a whole lot quicker than maybe this big project that you have to do. Right. Make sure you have enough free time for yourself every week, you know, enough free time for you to actually, like relax, meditate, do yoga, do something fun for yourself. One that is super important, like physically, is like make sure you eat a healthy diet and that you like exercise and you get fresh air. That's super important. Don't take your stress out on loved ones. Like we said before, nobody likes a miserable bitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, nobody. And if any of these things, like, you feel like it's still not going your way, maybe it's time for you to consider, like, another job or a career change and go see a career counselor or even a psychologist so that they can just help you on that path. And, yeah, maybe you need a new job, bitch. Yeah. Maybe you need a new it's job. It's, it's, yeah, it's money upstairs. You need to go get it. Go get it. Shout out to Players Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. That was a very, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Mostly everybody we know will have everybody's gonna experience work-related stress i don't care what job you are what you do like every job every every once in a while you're gonna be like girl fuck this job that's just that's just the way it works that's the way it works if we're gonna experience that so the topic that i wanted to bring to the table today Mm -hmm. um, for our very very first podcast has a lot to do with communication i wanted to, to, to discuss something that is kind of applicable to either parent and children couples friendships everything just effective communication and specifically what i wanted to discuss is how a lot of times we're not actually listening to um actually engage or have a meaningful conversation we're just waiting for you to stop talking to respond hello so message so (laughs) um a lot of times with all the work that i have done i have realized and being as an outsider specifically with working with some of my couples is they are having two different arguments and Mm -hmm. that is why they are not able to come to a conclusion so one one of the ways i figure this out is to be like okay so what what is what is this person mad about they're mad about blah 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 and i'm like yeah yeah, you're almost mm. there. You're, almost the, there, you're, you're, you're warm. Not, you're not, not hot. You're, like you're getting there, but 
you're missing like the bigger point or a lot of people struggle with focusing on small things like when Mm -hmm. you said this and you did this and you did this and they kind of get so caught up on that or blaming or like you know um one-upping one another or you know doing things like that right they get so caught up on that that they totally get away from what the initial disagreement would have been the initial conversation so um, I think uh, an effective thing or, or, or something that I've seen a lot is, you know, not to talk about, you know, Lady Rona a whole bunch, but people are in their homes a lot more together. Absolutely. People have been spending a lot more time together. So a lot of um, deficits that may have already been there have been exacerbated because now y'all spending a lot more time together. And right. as we know, no matter how much you may love each other, the more time you spend, the more likely it is that you are going to have um, some kind of disagreement. So, Jess, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you're talking to somebody, you're telling them what the problem is, and the shit that they say in response, you like, what are you hearing? Or you're hearing part of what I'm saying, but you're missing something bigger. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's happened to me a lot of times where it's like, yeah, you are hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Absolutely. Two totally different things. And I think a classic version of this, mm-hmm. not, you know, let for all the, everybody out there, have you ever sent somebody a paragraph mm. and they respond to maybe two or three things <laughs> out of that entire paragraph that you have yes. And it sends you inside. It's an internal spiral that happens because you feel like this motherfucker is playing <laughs> with my, in my face. <laughs> that is a very good example of what ineffective communication can look like. They will pick out parts of what you're saying, mm-hmm. not addressing maybe all of it, the underlying rationale. They may just be touching on the surface issues that happen. And I think this happens so much specifically in early relationships or learning how to argue. Arguing is nothing. Disagreeing, having healthy conflict is okay, but it's like, if you don't necessarily feel heard, people just kind of argue, exhaust one another, and the conversation just over. Nothing was really accomplished. Yeah. Most, most issues really recycle themselves. They look different each time, but it's like, oh, had you addressed this bigger issue five years ago, you probably wouldn't be having all these small arguments that you're having right now. Yeah, like and I a lot. exactly, and I think healthy communication also uh, uh, eliminates a lot of things because every just because I have a disagreement with you, that doesn't mean it's an argument. Absolutely, those are two totally different things. So I think active active listening, which is a a grand component of effective communication, really helps to you know mold that. And to and understand I, that. Absolutely. And so literally, like, I know so if, for you, for those of you who aren't familiar with therapy or couples therapy, things like that, so some people will think that, oh, it's just coming in and saying, well, this happened and I saw it this way and this happened, I saw it this way and going back and forth. A lot of times I kind of cut that out or get in the middle of that because I'm like, well, I wasn't there. And if you guys are both seeing it differently, trying to get each other to see the same event the same way, we're we not going to get nowhere. Right. Caught up on that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what part of one of my interventions is we're going to sit. I'm going to have you just say to Pete. No, I don't like that. What's the name? What's somebody that? Tyshawn. Tyshawn? Oh, he sounds fine. You look like you would date a Tyshawn. (laughs) So, Jess, I want you to say to Tyshawn an issue that you have. Something that you, something that you're bothered by. In response, all Tyshawn does 
is repeat what Jess says, but in his own words. So he's saying, mm-hmm. he's summarizing, he's basically saying, Jess, it sounds like you're saying that you feel whatever, 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 whatever. And then the appropriate thing for him to do after that is say, is that what you're saying? Is that what, you, what you're trying to get across? Then it becomes Jess' point to say, yes, that's what I mean. And then you guys kind of can pro- proceed to, you know, further in the conversation. Yeah. But a lot of times stopping and me like for Jess to be like, yeah, I don't really think you, that's not what I mean. Or I don't really feel like you got the concept. And a lot of times that is a huge struggle for people that mm-hmm. um, in the work that I do. A lot of times they could tell me stories all day, but to actually not jump into that and actually have to reflect what the other person's saying is really, really difficult. And that misalignment is, I think, why a lot of conflict or um, miscommunication or hurt feelings regarding not being heard, why they perpetuate for as long as they do. Absolutely. All right, let's role play for the people who really might not know. I'm going to be Jessica, of course. You're going to be Tyshawn. It's going to be very quick. Call me T.Y. for short, because okay. that's, that's how it works. Okay, T.Y. Okay. Um, T.Y., it really pisses me off when you put the dishes in the sink and you don't wash them and you just leave them there for me to clean once I get off of work. And it's like, you've been here for an hour. How come you didn't clean the dishes? It makes me feel like you just, like, put an auto-fucking workload on me, and I don't like that. Okay. So, Jess, it sounds like what you're saying is that you feel unappreciated or that it's inconsiderate for me to almost like put all the responsibility onto you and you know knowing that my schedule looks a little bit different than yours like you're feeling like it would be more helpful if I didn't if I was more involved in completing some of the household tasks such as like washing the dishes is that kind of what you're saying oh I love when you act to me But, and I mean, uh, trust me, guys, a lot of times it does not happen that it way. Does the not. first time people try it, 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 it's, it's everything but that. Uh, I would say a typical response would be, well, you, you're supposed to wash dishes. I've been here all day, but I do stuff too. And it's like, I'm just all of a sudden just going directly into how I feel about what she says. I'm not, you know, reflecting what she says. And yeah. I think that the biggest thing about it is I can reflect what you say and not agree with you. Just mm-hmm. because I'm reflecting what you're saying and saying, hey, Jess, are you saying everything that I said before? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I agree. That's just me letting you know I'm just trying to get across what you're saying. Yeah, because I think naturally us as humans, um, like we mentally prepare for a rebuttal when people are talking, right? Like, a, you, like mm-hmm. I, we all plan arguments. I'm it's, not we all, baby, I'm, sometimes I be <laughs> okay. in the shower talking to myself like, I can't wait, I can't wait. They're going to say this. This is going to say, and it does not go like that. that. Every, we're, we're guilty of that. Yeah, we're all guilty. But active listening, like, is when we say it's a skill, it's a skill. Like, you have to practice it. It's not a thing that comes overnight. No, and, and I think that that, it's, and it's, and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be you know, not bringing up content. And when I'm saying content, not saying, well, like, cause that, you know, just going back and forth and say, is this what you're saying? So before I kind of respond and give my version or even give my opinion, let me make sure you felt heard. Because a lot of times I see that people don't feel heard. And once mm-hmm. you don't feel heard, it doesn't matter what the person says after that. No, no response. Nothing that you're going to say is going to be productive afterwards because your feelings are hurt. You felt like you, you spilled your heart out. You explained yourself. You said everything. And then the first thing this person did was basically to say, no, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. Rather than taking a second to say, hey, I hear what you're saying. I may not agree with every aspect of what you're saying, but I'm at least giving you the respect to say, hey, this is what I hear you saying. Let me acknowledge that person. I think the acknowledgement piece is mm-hmm. honestly what a lot of people feel like they're missing 
why that why emotions get so hurt and then if you're not on the same page to begin with the conversation's never going to get anywhere you can you just it's like getting on the carousel you just watch people go around and around and around i'm like yeah they're not going to get anywhere because they're having two different arguments you talking about the dish and feeling unappreciated if my response will be well a woman is supposed to do this and blah 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 then we're having two totally different right we're having two different arguments about that seems like it's about the same thing but it's, but really it's not it's not at all it's not and there's no way that that you can actually get on the same page there's no, nobody's gonna win that argument no Mm-mm. if you're too Most talking of, about two yeah. totally different things and i think that's why people just get exhausted they tire each other out and they just say f it and they just say we'll just i just won't do this you just won't do this and because they that that feels easier than continuing to have the conversation but i think initially working through and making sure that you're on the same page will be a lot more helpful um with getting on the same page to make sure that you're actually fighting the same fight because Mm -hmm. if you're not then you'll just you'll just spiral and go nowhere and look crazy for look crazy look just look crazy so i've looked crazy before i won't be ashamed absolutely crazy as hell crazy as (laughs) Crazy as a road. Crazy as a big book, baby. But yeah, so that was what I wanted to bring to the table and just encourage people to take time out to, you know, to make sure that moving forward, like, um, somebody communicating your needs before you respond, reflect, get an understanding of what they say. And I think also taking breaks, pausing, giving space and not feeling like, let me rush to respond. Take time to be purposeful mm-hmm. in what you're saying because... The faster you speak, the, the the slower you think, I always say. And I think that it's going to be very important to be purposeful and saying, hey, I may not be able to respond to you right, right now. Give me five, ten minutes so that way I can maybe get out of this emotional space right. that I'm in and then act, you know, and respectfully respond to whatever it is. You right. Need. And I think that is going to be very beneficial with, with any relationship that you have, whether it's personal, you know, a dating relationship, a marriage, a friendship, all those things all are that. very important as far as communication. And that's, that's what I wanted to bring to the table today. Sometimes you just ain't got the capacity to respond in the moment, baby. And that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and that's very, less learning yourself of knowing, you know, just the sidebar, like, I'm a very defensive person. If you tell me I hurt your feelings, my immediate thought is going to be like, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. In my in my head. Yeah. Um, And that used to be my response. My response, I still feel that way inherently now. Yeah. But I'm able to say, hey, you know what? Let me take some time to go get out my feelings and, you know, think and then get out of this emotional place. Right. Then I can have a rational conversation. And a lot of times I come back and say, you know what? Now that I'm not in my feelings because I just, I'm naturally defensive. I can see where you're coming from. Or I can say, no, I had time to think about it. I got out of my emotions and I don't agree. And this is how I feel, but I'm able to have a conversation that's not an emotional one. And I think Mm -hmm. once people get into that emotional cycle of conversation, baby, we not going to listen. You're going to start saying shit just to hurt each other. And we we ain't getting nowhere. Nowhere. You're going to get nowhere. You're going to get nowhere. Honey, emotions and feelings are fleeting. So they will get you caught up in a moment if you're having a conversation or argument just based off of how you feel because... 10 minutes from now, you might not feel that way. Or a day from now, and it's like, mm, I did not mean to call that man a bald head, head scallywag um, who ain't had shit the yeah, other day, but I was talk, just upset. Talk, yeah, I should. I really should not have dragged his mama the way I did. I should not have called her out, Miss Gertrude, out her name like that. I shouldn't have did that lady like that. That was out of order. That, I, that was that was very disrespectful. I should not have called his daddy a crackhead. <laughs> I mean, he do do drugs, but that's not for me to judge. That's not but, for you know, me <laughs> But that was the 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 fun the the serious therapeutic side of trap therapy, and now it's probably my favorite part. Like we always want to. 
transition into the trappist part of this whole dynamic and just kind of always bring a trap song of the week or our own respective trap songs of the week just to have fun to be like it doesn't have to be so serious we don't want this to be extremely serious this shit should be fun y'all should be having a good time while we having a good time all right my trap song of the week is first of all i love amigos you know them is my niggas um sweetie i'm very sorry that what happened between you and quavo i'm Uh, sorry sweetie i'm very sorry but the album it fucking bangs and yes i listened to it on my way to work um so yeah my trap song of the day is malibu by the migos off of their new album and yeah it features polo g it gives you just that real trap vibe it's like you might be able to like shoot up in the air with it you might be able to you know Go to the strip club and see some 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 women shaking their ass to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's versatile. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, it gives you what you want. It like kind of wakes you up in the morning to just be like, mm, yeah, my day. I'm getting my day started off right. And you know, like when you leave the work, it's just kind of like, yeah, my day about to end right too. So that's right. my trap song of the day. Y'all go listen to it, Malibu by the Migos. What's your trap song of the day? My trap song of the day. Um, is actually just very, just very ghetto, and I love it. I've been blasting all week, and the title itself is just amazing. It's um, Plug Daughter Two. I love that <laughs> by Kevin Gates. I love that from his last album, his most recent one, Only the Generals Part Two. So that means obviously there's a part one. So you got to yes, give it all the, with all the Only Generals. But I love it because it just. It just gets me lit. Like, I feel like it helps me. Like, I drive to work. If me driving to work, you will think I'm the biggest, biggest killer they in the city since bitch. Nino Brown. You would, you would, and then I would get out my car and go do this effective therapy. Period. And a good song like Plug Door. <laughs> it really sets the tone. It does. It sets the day for my mood. It just made me like, I'm about to go in here. These two about to get some A1 therapy today. Oh, I'm going to fuck it therapy up today. about to be lit. Like, it's about to be great. <laughs> No matter what these people bring it, I'm going to give them what they need, and it's going to be all right, and we about to, we going to be lit, and I'm like, oh, it's after five, and I'm out here in these streets, because the streets is open. The and streets plug be door- calling. Exactly. And Plug Daughter 2 by Kevin Gates just gives me that energy, gives me the energy that I need to, to prosper. I love that. I haven't heard yeah. it, but I'm definitely about to go listen to it now. Listen, absolutely. Like, Plug Daughter 2 by Kevin Gates. Like, it's a, it's a, I feel like it'll be a different vibe than the Migos song, but it's mm-hmm. like, trapping is like, trap therapy is all, it's all about it. It's all inclusive. Like, you need something to ride out with. You need something to chill at home with. You need something to, you know, do hookah with your friends with. You need all trap. This trap music just is all encompassing. You need a different vibe for each one of them. And that's my trap song of the week. Oh, yay. Thank you guys for trapping it out with us for our Thank first so episode of Trap Therapy with your two the favorite inaugural, trap therapists. Inaugural Trap Therapy episode. We did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it. We did it. And we're going to do it again. And, and we're going to do it again and again and again and again and again. Period. All right, Ra. Well, listen, it's been real. It's been fun. But you know the streets is calling, so. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye, everybody.